Welcome to the Happy Whole You Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Whole You, you know that we are all about health and well-being. And we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. guys, welcome to the show. Today I have Nicole Humphreys with me, who is the co-founder and COO of Bandits Bandanas. And after 10 years of working in the nonprofit sector in 2017, Nicole left her office job and moved to Bali with a dream of creating her own company. And on the back of a motorbike, she came up with an idea. And this is where Bandits Bandanas was born, and she's going to talk about it on the podcast today. And between time spent working with local children and charities, Nicole has joined forces with her husband, Connor, to build up Bandits as a platform for positive change. She's going to talk about how their company gives back and it creates a beautiful, sustainable product. So I can't wait for you to hear that. And currently she is living in Ojai, California, and she has a son. And you guys, most days you're going to find her mentoring children, experiencing homelessness, practicing yoga, cooking, or planning her next trip overseas. She is super interesting and inspirational. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this conversation. Here we go. All right. Thank you, Nicole, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> so I was interviewing your sister and I've interviewed her a couple times on the podcast because she is like the mushroom queen she is. and just wrote her book about adaptogens. And I was sharing with her a little bit of a, a personal story about myself before we started recording. And then she started sharing with me about you and this journey you've taken yourself on. And so I just thought it was so inspiring and I wanted to bring you on so you could share a little bit about your story with my audience and I'm inspired by you. So I know they will be too. Thank you, Anna. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So let's see where to begin. I guess in 2016, my husband, my now husband and I were engaged and living in LA and we both got what was on paper, our dream jobs. I had been running different nonprofits in LA for like six, seven years and finally got this position that on paper was so perfect. I was the director. I was making more money than I've ever made. I had this big, beautiful office. On paper, it was just everything I had truly ever dreamed of. And I was so, so excited. <laughs> and I did incredible at that job. It was like one of the most proud career moments that I've ever had. When I when I signed on with them, they had these massive tasks for me to 
undertake in my first five months. It was build a new website, set up a new office, create a new database with all 10,000 donors in it with all of their information, come up with a five-year business plan and raise us a million dollars. And yeah, no big deal, right? It was truly the most intensely stressful time of my life. Um, But I took it on full you know, so wholeheartedly. And I actually raised them $2 million within the first five months of me working there. And Mm -hmm. I was really proud of what I did, but I was working 12, 14 hour days. I never slept. It was really, really, really intense. And my husband and I got married in November of that year. And we went on our honeymoon to Bali. And I just remember feeling like so alive like ever, like just traveling, you know, will do this to us. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in our goals and success that it's like, we forget to like live our lives. Yeah. And see the the world. Yeah. I see the world, like just be with the people we love. It was also like the first time my husband and I spent quality time together in over a year, which was so kind of weird because we were engaged and it was such a happy time in our lives. But that trip really opened my eyes and I kind of put everything in perspective. I was just like, yes, I'm doing incredible career-wise, but like, am I happy? Am I fulfilled? Like on paper, I've checked all these boxes that I've always wanted to check. And like something in me was missing. So it's back to that moment, right? Like, you know how we have those defining moments and I don't know if there was a specific moment when you were on this vacation, but what was that like for you to just like be in a totally different country and then have these thoughts and emotions and feelings just start flooding in. Like, can you describe mm-hmm. what that was like? Yeah, that's a great question. It felt scary and so freeing. Like when you're, mm-hmm. I feel like when your body is like called to do something different, like it's like tingling out of you, the sensation, you know? Yeah. And I remember it was like, we went to a cafe and there was these entrepreneurs like barefoot in this cafe. They just finished surfing and they were having their lattes and they were like running their businesses from their laptops. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is something that exists. Like people can work this way. And I think that was like the first light bulb moment was I was like, if these people can do it, why can't I do something like that? Isn't that funny how almost like we need permission. Right. And we like, it's, it's like you'd see someone else doing it and maybe you've thought, oh, this would be great. But then there's like this thought that's like, oh, that's not for me. And then when you work with someone else, you're like, wait a minute, like I can totally do this. Exactly. uh, I think that that, like seeing those people, they're planted a seed in my mind. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like right away where I was like, this is something I have to do, but that seed was definitely planted. And then it just kind of everywhere we went in Bali, it was like, it felt so good. Like the, the, the people, the culture, like everything that I ate and tasted and felt, I felt so alive and really just like inspired by where I was. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I came back to the States and went back to work. And it was actually my first day back at work that I was sitting in my office and it was this big high rise building in Brentwood. And I was at my desk, you know, just jamming away And I just, that like thought of the, you know, entrepreneurs barefoot on their laptops came back to me. And that was the moment that like a light bulb went off. And I was just like, I can't do what I'm doing anymore. I don't want to live this life. I don't want to do it anymore. And I need to make a change. And Mm -hmm. I called my husband and I just, I told him, I was like, 
I think I need to quit my job and I want to move to Bali. And there was this like minute long silence on the phone <laughs> and he was like, okay, let's go. Wow. So we, he actually also worked in Brentwood. So we met up for sushi. We went out to lunch and planned like our grand escape. <laughs> and I came back to my office and wrote my resignation letter and I was about to send it. And I actually called my sister and I was like, I'm about to quit my job. And she was like, you are crazy. You just got back from your honeymoon. You're on this like crazy high. You can't just like quit your job. She's like, give it a month and just see if in a month you feel the same way. And I was like, that's actually really good advice. So I waited, kept my resignation letter. And over that next month, I, it just called to me more and more. I was like, I know this is something that I have to do. So I just kind of started like thinking like, okay, where would we live? How would we afford this? Like, you know, all of the, there's a million logistics. It's a huge, really scary leap of faith. And just like every day that went by that month, I was like, this is something I need to do. So a month later, I quit my job. We put our notice in for our apartment in Venice Beach. I sold my car. We sold literally everything we owned and we bought one-way tickets to Bali. Oh my gosh. That so is that amazing. was the start of our kind of like new chapter in life. And it was super exciting and absolutely terrifying. Isn't it interesting how like, cause I'm going through a, a similar like exit strategy right now with, with a contract that I have that's, I haven't really even talked about it on the podcast at all, but isn't it interesting how it's like, you have this feeling of, it feels so in alignment and like, you're like, this is what I need to do. And it's like, without a shadow of a doubt, like you sit there with yourself and you just know it. And then other people start telling you like, you're crazy. This was your dream job. You have, you know, insurance, you have a retirement and like all that, which I get like, there's like all of that and, you know, throw some kids on top of that and uh -huh. all that. But it's like, it's really interesting because I've been working on a two year exit strategy with a company that I have been with for 18 years and I'm on my way out right now as well. And it just, I, I'm so impressed yours was like this month long and mine's been like two years, but it's like two years of constant, like, no, you can do this, but there's that fear, right? Like there's that fear, but then everything keeps telling you whenever you're ready, like the universe will provide for you. Like everything's going to be okay, mm -hmm. you know, but we kind of, we drag our feet, but then you get to a point and I'm sure you felt this where it was like, no without a shadow of the doubt, this is what I'm doing. And it feels so right. It doesn't even matter what anyone else says because I'm already doing this. It's done. Exactly. But I think the point you brought up about the noise is probably the hardest thing that people deal with when trying to change, like make a change in their lives or mm -hmm. like more importantly, like a risk, like you know, going after a goal is really scary because we feel very judged and vulnerable. And, yeah. you know, people like to, you know, feel safe and comfortable. So yeah. anytime you kind of shake that up and like completely change up your life and take these really intense risks, I think people mm -hmm. obviously mean the best. It's like, why would you ever leave something that's so secure and safe and you have insurance and you have this? But it's right. like, if you're, if you're unfulfilled, is it really, is it worth it? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I always think like, 
you know, if you look back on your life in, you know, 50 years, are you going to be like, why didn't I just do that then? Even if it doesn't work out, at least you tried. At least you took some leap of faith. I think that's like the thing that people get really stuck on too. It's like, what if it doesn't work? And then it's like, okay, go find a job. Yeah. And I think there's like an appreciation too. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, like you said, it was your dream job. When I got the position that I had, it was like on paper, it was my dream job, making over six figures, full benefits, like all the things and it's like, check, 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 check. But then it's okay. And I think it's, it's, it's what should happen is you grow out of that, right? Because you yeah. continue to evolve. And so it's like, if you're sitting at a job where you've been there, you know, 20 years and you're like, what the hell am I doing? And you're just like punching a clock until you get to retirement. I think that's where it's like, you need to wake up. You need to shake things up and, and take that leap of faith. And with everybody, it looks a little bit different, but I think one of the most powerful things is you had that spouse support. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's another thing. It's like having that partner in your life that supports you on your journey and you guys keep building together. I think that's, that's an incredible place to be as well. It's true. I would have to say if I was doing it alone, I think I would have been a lot more fearful having mm-hmm. someone to mm-hmm. kind of like hold your hand, like, you know, just you're like doing this leap, taking this leap of faith together and yeah. blowing up your lives in a way being like, I hope this works out for the best. You know, it is kind of nice to have a partner and cry along for the journey. But I've had friends that have done similar things completely on their own and they are thriving and doing incredible. So that's not to say like, you know, if you're feeling called to do something on your own, like, absolutely, you know, like, yes. take that leap of faith. But I think also you have to get like, so clear and go like, really within to to like, figure out what your goals are, and where you see yourself in however many years, five years, 10 years. And if it's at that same job that you're doing, and you feel comfortable, and you feel fulfilled, like amazing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, yeah if your soul is being drawn to something else and you're like holding yourself back because of fear, I think that's when it's like really, really important to start journaling, start meditating, whatever it is that, you know, you do to check in with yourself to be like, where, where am I? What, where is my soul calling me right now? Yeah. I mean, we get, we get this one life and yeah, it's, it's, it's important to, to shake things up. There's been this is probably the third big shakeup I've made in my life where, wow. you know, I, I, I packed everything up at, 21, 22 years old. And I put everything I had in a car and I moved all the way across the country and moved to a place where I didn't know anyone for a few weeks or months. I don't even remember how long it was until I could afford to buy it. I remember I bought a $500 mattress or something like that. I about died. And yeah. And then fast forward is when I opened a brick and mortar, happy whole you. And people were telling me, you know, you're crazy. Like this is like, nobody's going to go there. And like, what is this? And it's like this futuristic wellness center, but also bringing in like that old school Chinese medicine and everything. And that's literally, I'm in a room right now at a new building that I bought where we're moving this facility. There's like construction workers right outside this door. And it's like, I literally just another huge leap of faith of taking like my life savings, putting it in all of this. And um, now the next step is walking away from that, that security. And I think that it's just necessary if you're truly growing and evolving. It is necessary. Absolutely. But think back to what you said about you said, you know, if you're if you're in a job and, and you're, you know, you're comfortable, but then you said you're fulfilled 
And I think that's the key word with when we look at our lives, like, is this fulfilling me, right? Because if we're not being fulfilled, that's when I think that we start to get disease and we start to, you know, start to really have some issues in our life. Mm -hmm. And I think you can feel it. Like there's a true, like physical sensation when you're not fulfilled. Like for me, Mm -hmm. at least I felt like, even though like career wise, I had checked all the boxes, like my skin was crawling every day. Like I knew that I like needed to get out and do something different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you feel that, I think it's like, the universe pulling you and being like, we got to We got to move on. You know, you, as you said, like we are evolving. This isn't, it's a new chapter and you have to take that leap of faith. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, so when I, when I work with clients and work with coaching with them, sometimes, you know, we talk about goals, Mm -hmm. but what I find interesting about goals is if you really sit with yourself, I would bet that over half your goals are not truly your goals. They're what society or other people put on you. 1000%. I I mean, even with myself, like I have to be like, wait, is this what I want? Or is this like an expectation of, you know, this society, this culture that we live in, you know? And so that I think is an important space to spend some time in is like, is this truly my goal or is this somebody else's? Because it's pretty interesting when you do that. (laughs) Oh my God. It's very interesting. And I completely agree. I think societal pressures and expectations of where we should be at in our lives are so intense. And we live kind of like blindly sometimes trying to chase certain goals because they're just laid out from us for us from the time we're a child. And we don't even realize like, is that something I actually want? And it's, it is, it's like really amazing when you start checking in with yourself and figuring out like, what's aligning with you and not what's aligning with like society, society's expectations of you. Yeah, totally. And I think like for anyone listening, if you're feeling drawn or pulled to do something completely different and, you know, everybody has like different situations, finances, children. I mean, there's so many factors in it, but I think one thing is to leverage where you're at. So even if you're not fully fulfilled with where you're at, if you need to leverage where you're at because of finances, because of timing or whatever. I think like being in a space of gratitude that you can even leverage where you're at to move you more towards where you truly want to be, I think is cool. It is important because I think sometimes too, like when I work with clients, they start getting depressed. Like they feel like there's no way out. When you switch from thinking I have no way out to switching it to I'm leveraging this and you start taking action towards where you want to be, you can really start moving in the direction that you want to be. And uh, Absolutely. And like what you said, it took two years to kind of come up with your exit strategy. I think that's amazing. Not everyone is ready or has the ability to like, rip off a bandaid. That's of course one way to do it. But I think much more realistically is like taking baby steps towards your goals. If you know that you are being pulled to do something else, coming up with like a timeline that makes sense. So maybe it's saving, you know, X amount of money every month or, you know, whatever baby steps there are. So you are incrementally working up towards those goals and they don't feel as scary and huge you know, if over the next year you are every month, you know, making progress towards that in a year from there, from now, like you are going to feel so much more confident and able to quit your job, take that trip, you know, whatever it might be, because like this has been on your radar for 12 months and you are, you know, making the steps to, to get there. 
Yeah. And like, like for everyone listening, there's no perfect formula for this and you're going to do it in your own way. That's like, because you are unique and no one else is going to do it like you. And I think like one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation today is because just to give um, that inspiration and that hope to other people, like those entrepreneurs in that coffee shop barefoot just got done surfing, right? Like when you know that other people have taken that and they're that leap of faith and they're doing okay. Like, of course you can do it too. It's just, it'll look different however you do it, but just planting those seeds, I think are really important. But so I bet a lot of people are wondering, well, okay, <laughs> like how do you make money? Like, what are you, where are you living? Like, are you under a bridge? What's happening? So totally. Where are you at now? Okay. So, well, we get to Bali. Um, um, Bali is an amazing place to go. I will, you know, just promote it. I'm if you're trying to start your own business because it is, um, incredibly inexpensive along with being one of the most gorgeous places in the world. So we were able to live off of our savings while we built two businesses while we were there. And we had a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous three bedroom home with a pool that was a thousand us dollars a month in Bali. Um, and that was even expensive for Bali. Like we ended up finding places after that rental that were even cheaper, um, and like a big, beautiful meal is around like three US dollars. Um, everything's vegan there. It's just like incredible nourishing food. And we found an amazing co-working center. It's kind of like a WeWork in Bali and it was all entrepreneurs. So there's photographers, web developers, um, you know, like everything that you can imagine, other people building brands. Um, and so that was a really beautiful community and place to get involved with because we still would go to work. We would ride our motorbikes barefoot to work and um, we would be on our laptops at this co-working center building our, our brands. So when we got to Bali, we, it took us a little while, but we actually started two businesses, my husband and I. Um, and one of them I ran primarily um, for about three years until COVID hit and all the manufacturing was in Bali. So it was really difficult to continue um, with COVID circumstances. Um, but luckily our other business had uh, an amazing product that stood through COVID times. And that's our bandana brand, which is called Bandits Bandanas. So um, when we moved to Bali, we each had a bandana that we brought with us. We don't even know where it came from. I think it was like a Coachella years ago. And we would wear this bandana every single day in Bali because you are riding motorbikes and dirt gets in your face and gas fumes and whatever. So we would kind of like wear it, you know, bandit style around our, our face and the bandanas got really gross. So we like brought it to the laundromat. That's how you do your laundry there. And we're like, we need backup bandanas. Let's like go shopping. And we went shopping around Bali and everything was awful, super, super scratchy cotton. Everything was paisley really boring, made in China, like suspect manufacturing. And we're like, there has got to be better bandanas out there. We are like very sustainable. We try to buy from brands that are giving back, that are organic, like, you know, as best as we can, we want to be using our dollars really to support companies making the world a better place. So we yeah. started asking all of our friends, like who knows of a cool bandana brand? It's like we need bandanas and no one knew of one. So we were like on this hike one day and we got home and Connor's like, let's start a bandana brand. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> so we started going to all the little markets in Bali and testing out fabrics and looking at patterns and everything was like kind of boring. It was like ice cream cones and, you know, like the patterns were just like kind of blah. 
Yeah. <laughs> we're talking to a, a friend that's an artist and we're like, we, you know, we want to create like cooler, better bandanas, but like all the fabrics out there are just like so bad. And she's like, why don't you have our artists create original ones? So that was like our first like light bulb aha moment where we're like, wow, we can use this like pat like this box as just like a blank canvas for artists to create original works of art. And so that's kind of where the artist piece came into our bandana. So every single one of our bandanas is a completely original design and its own kind of like story and work of art by different artists from all over the world. So um, that's kind of the first piece. And then coming from the nonprofit world, I knew that I wanted uh, a give back component to the brand. So we sat down and just like listed all of the different kind of uh, charities that we're interested in and that are doing amazing work. And there was like 30 on the list. And we're like, oh my God, how are we ever going to choose <laughs> one of these? So then we kind of were like, what if we didn't choose? And what if the artist got to choose? Like, what if each artist got to choose a charity that they're really passionate about? And um, that's been like one of my favorite parts of our brand is just discovering these incredible charities that the artists choose oh, and yeah. getting to kind of promote them and learn about them and the different kinds of like creative work people are doing out there to like make the world a better place is so inspiring. So that's kind of our charity aspect. 10% of each bandana is donated to a charity chosen by that artist that created that bandana. And lastly, we just wanted them to be as sustainable as possible. So we found an incredible fair trade manufacturer partner in Calcutta, India. Our bandanas are 100% organic cotton. Uh, we use no plastic from start to finish. So our like kind of cheesy tagline is from, our, we have better bandanas from farm to forehead. So <laughs> a little bit about the brand and we are over four years in now. Um, we ended up right before kind of lockdown COVID times. We moved to Ojai, California. We moved back from Bali and our plan was kind of to spend a few months in the States and a few months back in Bali. And that's been a bit challenging considering we haven't been able to travel, but um, ultimately that is our long-term plan is to kind of like split time. But it's been really incredible being here the past few years because we've been building the business and we get to go to festivals and trade shows and do a lot of like hands-on work in the States. And yeah, our bandanas are at what we have our own website where we sell them, banditsbandanas.com. And then we're sold in all REI stores. We're in about 350 boutiques around the country. And it's been pretty incredible. We've donated over $120,000 to charity at this point. Wow. Um, and this is what my husband and I do full time. And we just had a baby a year ago and that's kind of where we're at in life now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is just such a powerful story. And I mean, how amazing is it that you started a business right before COVID and it is literally a business that pe like people could use during COVID and you were like able to come back. I know. You're here. Your business is only four years old, mm -hmm. over two years in COVID, and you've been able to donate $120,000 to charities, but not to mention the artists. Like, I have gotten more into, like, with I had an artist do um, two murals on our building that we bought, two different oh, artists. And it feels so good because art, I just, I like get so like, I'm like, how do you do that? Like right. I couldn't, I can barely draw a stick figure. So I when know. they're like 
it's like, oh my gosh. And then they charge like barely anything. Like, I'm like, can I pay you more? Like these people are so incredibly talented. Yes. And so I just love supporting um, local artists and then, wow. And then they have an opportunity to share their artwork. People have an opportunity to wear it, to protect them and then yes. to be fashionable and sustainable. And you're supporting in India, a whole company there. And then you're supporting nonprofits here. And I mean, like, oh my gosh, of course you're being blessed a million times over by the universe. Like this I is an incredible yeah. story. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we feel incredibly, incredibly grateful. When COVID hit, we honestly set like had, pulled an all nighter and wrote down like all of our skills that we could do for other jobs because we're like we're not going to have a business anymore. Like what you know, <laughs> the world is shutting down, and so we're like writing down everything we're good at. We're like we're going to have to like create new jobs or figure this out. And then two days after that, the CDC recommended putting cloth masks over your face, and <laughs> our sales went like skyrocketed that day. Oh and I think like a few days later, we sold out of all of our inventory. Oh my gosh. So we amazing. were just like blessing. We were just like so incredibly grateful that like we had a product that, you know, people were still interested in and needed and um, mm -hmm. could kind of survive a really difficult time. But I think yeah. that's also, you know, it's like we were very lucky, but you also have to get really creative because we were like, what are we going to, how can we use our skills and our business to sustain this time, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, I get that 110%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, the brick and mortar with happy whole you, you know, we were online um, before, but we brick and mortar opened like just under two years before COVID hit. Oh my gosh. So, wow. You know, it's, any, any small business, even, even big businesses, right? Like yeah. it just, nobody was not impacted by this. And, yeah. you know, some of us were able to see it through some of us, some people weren't, you know, I know I, I have a few um, friends that they, they lost their business or they let it go because they had to, they just had to move on to something new, but you know, it's a part of that journey, right? Yeah. And you just adapt, overcome and improvise and that's exactly you know, it. everybody will be all right. Yeah, we, will, we really will be. <laughs> we really will be. And if it's like, if it's not meant to be what you're doing in the next five, 10 years, you know, then right. it's a good like chance to look within and be like, okay, what do I want to do next? You know, yeah. instead of like these like uh, intense definitions we like to put on like success, failure, it's like sometimes shit happens in life. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to say yeah. cuss, but you know, <laughs> and then you just, you got to roll with it. You roll with the punches yeah. and that's life, you know, mm -hmm. kind of taking away the fear of like, putting labels on like everything you do. Is this like, is this successful? Is this not? Is it, you know, moving me in the right direction? Try things. If they don't work out, reassess, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I love it. I love your story. So if there's somebody out there that is just, they're not fulfilled mm -hmm. and you know, maybe they may say I'm not fulfilled, but I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. Would you, do you have any tips for them or anything? Honestly, that they could I would say, I think like life coaches and goal coaches are really, really incredible and could help you kind of get clear on where you see yourself in five or 10 years. Like if you can sit down with a journal, start meditating, whatever it is, I think some of those practices can give you a lot of clarity and start thinking about what really lights you up. Is it food? Is it exercise? Is it traveling? Is it certain products? Like what kind of things in your life, where do you feel the most happy and fulfilled? 
And sometimes there, there are things that you would never think you can create a job from or a career from, but getting really clear on your strengths, your interests, um, the things that light you up, I think is the, the biggest like start to that. And from mm. there, I think you start getting really creative about what kind of jobs are in the space of video games. For example, you love playing video games. Like what is every job that's related to video games? You know, can you create your own? Can you work behind the scenes? Like, and then start being like, who do I know that's even remotely involved in a field like this and start talking to people and just be like, how did you get there? What do you do? Do you love it? Like, I think doing all of that kind of just being interested in yourself and different career paths, if you're unfulfilled is a really great start. And then from there, either like if you can hire a goal coach or a life coach to kind of help you through your process, I think that's a beautiful, you know, way to do it. But if you can't, it's also like, give yourself a, a timeline of when you might want to make a change. And over that next month, there maybe take incremental steps to try to get to where you see yourself. I think that's a really beautiful place to start. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 110% because yeah, like I think we all, I think with COVID too, it allowed a lot of us to kind of self-reflect. Yeah. Like the pause button was pushed for us. Right. Thank you universe for that. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, getting, getting really clear and just taking those small steps. And I, I truly believe, I mean, I coach people, I believe having a coach, I have a coach is it's so like, it's just so necessary because we get in our own way and it's that perspective shifting that a coach can provide. And it's the curiosity that the coach leaves on the table for openness for you to like get curious about yourself and explore things within. Um, and we're not, you know, we don't always have the space. People don't always give us the space to do that. And, so and I think that's a really cool, cool and thing. And sometimes it's difficult to like, continuously muster up courage and strength and bravery. So having someone on your team that's kind of supporting you and pulling you in the direction you know you want to go when you're feeling intimidated or down, I think that's like a very beautiful, helpful thing to just, you know, someone outside of yourself being like, you can do this. You're yes. ready, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Your story is so inspiring and thank you for what you're doing for this world. Appreciate you. you. Anna. Thank you. I appreciate you and I'm so excited about your new venture and all the changes. Good for you and just rooting for you. <laughs> Yay. Give everyone your website one more time and where they can follow you on social, please. Absolutely. So we're at uh, banditsbandanas.com. And our social is at bandits underscore bandanas. And then my personal social is at Nicole Alexandra 86. Awesome. All right. Well, everybody go follow, order yourself a bandana and support this great business. Thanks, Thank Nicole. you. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happywholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.